Yesterday morning, I asked you for a 10 count <laughs> to get the mics going. Can I get a 10 count just to make sure? No, no, you can't. <laughs> you know what? No, hilarious. you can't because you know, this is, you know what? <laughs> I didn't realize till I was editing. I was like, I said, give me a 10 count. You go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I go, no, you're a little hot. I go, give me 10 count again. You go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> And it was actually drastically different, believe it or not. Yeah. So as long as our mics are hot, like Maddie Glabs and ripping on Stefan Diggs. Mm. Wait, what, was she really was she really ripping on him? No, I have no problem with what she did. Did you, that, did you is, listen to what yes. she, she has to throw an apology the out? What the fuck is the apology for? Why? Apologize. Why is she apologizing? If that's how he treats them gives a shit then maybe that's the issue maybe you should be talking to your players and saying hey treat our employees a little better when they ask for a media request don't stiff arm them simple as that Listen, i've known maddie I mean, i've known maddie for a few years we worked together we didn't work together but we worked in the same area yep incredible person great person very passionate about her job yes i can honestly say that i loved every second of that she said nothing wrong. Stefan Diggs goes on and says, I'm hurt by the fucking words that are said. And I uh, shut the fuck up and catch the ball and tell your boy Josh to get his head out of his ass while you're at it. To me. And I do not know Maddie. Well, met her multiple times when we were working uh, down in the same same uh, area um, in our last job. She is a very, um, a very nice person, very respected. She does a great, great job at what she does. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm lit. I'm, I, I read her apology and I was like, oh man, what did you say? Oh yeah, boy. Same. So I went back and I, I tried to find what she said. And I'm thinking to myself after, after watching it, and I'm like, What's so bad? You got all these media outlets that are just running with it because bills are down, right? Bills are down. Josh Allen sucked, turned over the ball four times. They did. They lost a game that they shouldn't. And the sky's falling. No, it's not. It's one game. It's one game. Everybody's just panic mode right now. Josh is never going to change. Josh is not coachable. Josh is this. Josh is that. You know what? Josh is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Just leave him. He'll be fine. Okay. They're going to figure this out, but to go to sit here and, and, and go over, go after a media member because the mic was hot and she said some terrible things. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. You know, maybe one thing she would want to take back is, is the, the comment about digs, you know, big deal. Well, she said, she's she probably said speaking the truth. She's, she said, that's how he treats everybody. And I'm going to tell you, it's exactly what you just said. She's probably speaking the truth because Stefan Diggs says the audio shared was very hurtful and was insulting to my character and to how I was raised. I've always treated people how I want to be treated. I greet everyone with smiles and respect from the people in our cafe to the people that are that keep our building clean and in order. What a what a ten ply soft athlete this guy is! 
it, it, it's comments were made by Maddie. We're just kind of like more in, in a fun, you know, take talking to her colleagues. Oh my God, the mics were hot. She didn't say anything. It was ridiculous. And then you have fucking Stefan Diggs up there. Like poor me shit. Like, Oh, this is a shot to my character. Grow up, man. You're like a prima donna. All the wide receivers, all the top wide receivers, they're like prima donnas. Okay. You got to calm them down when they're not getting the ball. Oh my God. The sky is falling. That's why they're the best. That's why they're the best. That's why they're so elite. Stefan Diggs is clearly one of the greatest receivers in the game. He's been like that for a number of years. This is not a shot on your character. Push it under the rug. Grow up and move on to stuff that's more. Important. He could have said, you know what? Maddie's right. After a game like that, that we should have won. Then, yeah, you know what? I'm not in the mood to talk to people. I'm not. Maddie's right. I'm not very approachable after a loss like that. I'm sorry. I'm emotional. I'm passionate. I take responsibility. All of that shit. Like, that's what he could have said. He could have been like, you know what? Yes. There are times where I am like, hey, get away from me. I don't want to talk to anybody. And I know athletes. I know players that are like that. I We know we've just recently had players on this podcast that were like that. There's a lot of pressure on these star athletes, okay? Yes. I understand. So if he's having a bad day and doesn't want to talk to the media and is maybe not very approachable, that's fine. But at least agree with her and support whether she's like, oh, yeah, I've given I've given media a hard time when I don't want to talk. For sure, I can be an asshole. I'm sorry that Maddie didn't feel like I was approachable enough after that game to come talk to the media. He could have said that and diffused the entire thing. Yeah. But and here's the thing. Here's another thing. A fucking suck. Like a so my feelings are hurt and I'm insulted and it wasn't the way I was raised. Oh, you're so fucking perfect, Stefan. You're so perfect. Yeah. If Maddie Glab was a reporter that continuously throughout years of work threw darts, okay, then I can understand uh, a player like Stefan Diggs basically trying to put that person in their place. Okay. Matic Lab is farthest thing from that. And I don't want to be, I don't want to continue to talk about this because it's so small and so irrelevant that we as media people are even talking about this. Just to understand, Maddie Glab is one hell of a analyst reporter. She loves her do- job. She does it very well. And, you know, you're dealing with uh, you're dealing with super, super elite athletes that make a shit bomb of money and then with all of a massive sudden got egos, massive egos. You know, poor me. That's not the way I was raised. This, that and the other. Shut the fuck up, man. You're sitting there bitching and complaining and whining on the fucking sideline, yelling at your quarterback, not showing up to fucking rookie camp or training camp or whatever the hell it is, because you don't like the fucking plan that the the, the coaches are putting in place yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to throw up. The NHLPA is on their way to investigate in Columbus. And it sounds like. Mike Babcock pulled some shit with younger players, but not the veteran players. So it'll be very interesting to see what comes out of here. I don't really want to talk much more about it until there's more out there. Simply, Well, can I make a comment before we just move on? Yeah, that's the whole point of the show. Okay. Okay. So it is, it is my show and I can say whatever I want. And, and, and is, is that, is, would you say that that's the case? I think we have a 
Yeah, you can say whatever you want. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, there's people on social media. We 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 sit there, we give our opinions, okay? And it, it made it sound like uh, yesterday there's a, a certain uh, person that tweeted our show, and it says, after the whistle, turns my stomach to hear Craig Reeve defend Babcock, as in every coach did it 20 years ago. The points is he's abusing his position as a coach over younger players again. Not Boone or Johnny, young guys who won't come out and jeopardize their career. Come on. Did you get the impression yesterday when we spoke about this situation that two days ago, two days ago. Okay. Did you get the impression that I was defending Babcock? What were your thoughts? Um, I don't think you were defending Babcock. Mm-hmm. I think you were defending the fact that the facts haven't come out yet and that this is, oh. he's just, he's just an old school style coach and they mm-hmm. use whatever tactics they can to try to impose their will on their players. Yeah. So would you agree with me that 20 years ago, 20, that coaches coached differently than today? The rhetorical question. No, I I need you to answer the question, please. Of course. Of course. Okay. So I'm not lying when I say that every coach did this 20 years ago. Lindy Ruff, who is literally on a pedestal here in Buffalo, did the exact same thing. Yeah, he fooled a lot. He of coached. He coached by what? What was his what was his mantra? Fear. Years fear. Fucking fear. God, there's a lot of people that just love to twist and turn all these things that we say on this show. And this is what's awesome that we can talk about it. And so when I sit there and talk about coaches 20 years ago, using this type of tactic, that's what all of them did 20 years ago. I played for nine coaches in the NHL, nine. They're all the fucking same. Every single one of them from Ali Vigno to, to Michelle Terrian, to Ron Wilson, to Scott O'Neill, Scott, I, they were all like that. Yeah. Okay. Things have changed tremendously in the way that you need to treat a player. It's a different era. It's a, these kids are different than when I was 20 years old and 22 years old, you get treated differently. Okay. Now, what I'm trying to say about Mike Babcock, I'm not defending Mike Babcock. I think he's a piece of shit. I think what he's done in the past is disgusting. I'm surprised he has an NHL job. But listen, the person who sent that tweet to us the other day or sent it to me the other day, I want you to understand something. You're innocent until proven guilty. You can hear all of the fucking shit on social media. And if you're going to believe it all, you're an idiot. So what I'm trying to say is we do not know you, this freaking person that sent me this tweet that's saying that I'm defending Babcock, not defending Babcock. I'm saying he's a goddamn head there, buddy. We don't know what is going on, but guess what? The NHL, and the NHLPA are now doing a, an investigation. And we will find out the facts. We will find out if Mike Babcock has done something wrong. 
because they will not let this slide under the carpet. So until we know. Okay, so can I ask you something? What if he did do this? Is he Then he should be removed. Really? Yes, absolutely. This can't. Listen, it's a different game. There's a different person. It's a different time. And that's not acceptable if you are. I know it's extremely creepy more than it is unacceptable as a coach. Because what's he really looking for? I think I, I. I believe pictures of girls on there. Probably he's looking for pictures of partying or maybe he's just doing it to be in a situation where you're getting to know the player. And I, and I don't, I really, here's the thing. If I was so much for taking their word for it, eh? if I was asked by Babcock to plug my phone in, and to basically be able to scroll through my pictures, I would tell him no. Do you let me ask you this. Do you think I'm just saying that? No, I, I, I don't think you are just saying that. But at 19, I don't know if you would. I didn't, uh, I think I, didn't know, I would. I didn't know you at 19, so I, I I don't know. If you're 20 years old or 22 years old and you don't want someone going through your personal stuff, you say fucking no. I have no pictures. I said this the other day. I have no pictures whatsoever in my phone right now that would incriminate me or put me in a bad light or this, that, and the other. I have pictures of my family. I have pictures of cars. I have pictures of, you know, just stuff like that. I think Babcock would love my pictures. I really probably would too. He probably enjoy all our pictures. And maybe that's the whole point. I've just been scrolling. I went through mine after this. I was just scrolling back. I was like, yeah, my, I'd probably bury that one. Uh, what is he doing it for, Petey? Why is he asking people I to said, go through their phones? I don't know. Maybe he's, he's creepy because he's right. a pervert. No, I don't think that's it at all. Mike Commodore, you know, has a grudge. I read all his comments this morning, calling him a pervert, the whole shooting match. And I'm just sitting there thinking, God, man, we got, you got to let that go. It was 20 years ago, man. Let it go. Commie. Maybe the guy is just trying to get to know his his team. Here's a picture of me with no shirt on a few weeks ago at the beach. I bet Babs would have seen that and cut me on the spot. <laughs> Fuck, I don't care about this conversation. I just can't wait to see what comes out of it. Could you imagine if if Babs gets shit canned? That would be one of the, the fastest in and outs in history, wouldn't it? Well, how about this? Wasn't there would an it NFL be, coach? Would it be a bigger story if the NHL... And the NHL PA did a, a an investigation and talked to all of the players on the team, and nothing came privately, out privately, privately. And they came back, and the consensus was wasn't it wasn't bad at all. It was great, actually. We had a lot of fun. We were laughing, and we had a really good time. He asked players if they would mind showing their pictures players agreed one player didn't though one player didn't you know what i'm saying like what if it came back and 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 all the players on that team were felt comfortable with the process and i don't know what's going to happen i don't know if he bullied guys into into showing pictures or if he's we don't know and that's my whole point and this investigation i feel very comfortable I, I hope they find the truth and not hide things and just 
you know, if he did something wrong, he's got to be removed from his position, period, straight. But if he did nothing, if he did nothing wrong, man. So I'm driving down the road in the South Towns. I don't want to be specific. Traffic is moving a little slow. And there's an accident. There's a guy on a motorcycle off to the side. There's an ambulance and there's a car and there's a police officer. So I'm slowly driving past. It looked like the medic was attending to the motorcyclist. And I just casually drove by, rolled my window down, and I yelled, 800-555-5555. Call Salino Law. The guy kind of looked back at me. I said, seriously, call Salino Law. (laughs) Yeah. Gave me a thumbs up, and I just kept rolling. I was like, keep on rocking in a free world, man. Come on. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. So if you're hurt in a crash, call Salino Law. 800-555-5555. I don't want to get too far into the Rasmus Darlene talk again. Sent out a little tweet yesterday, caught a little bit of legs, and some people have been commenting just about what I'd heard. A little bit about what we discussed yesterday. About Rasmus Darlene's term. Five years over eight. It sounds like that is the holdup. And I'm not sure where this goes. Do you see a point where Darlene starts the season without a contract extension? Yes. Really? Who's more nervous in this situation, the team or the player? Darlene gets hurt. He's still going to get paid no matter what. But if he has an experience, like if he puts up 70 points again, he is going to clean up. I think the comfort level for the team would be to be able to lock in, you know, one of their franchise players to, to the longest term possible. That's eight years talking about paying him a lot of money. The elite of the elite of the elite. There are, some players that have chosen to go a different route. Austin Matthews being the poster boy of shorter term contracts, still getting paid elite amounts of money, but capitalizing every four to five years on their likeness and worth in the league, knowing that caps going up and, and, and the, the revenue shares are going up instead of being locked in which is not a bad thing for these superstar young players. Like we're talking Rasmus Dahlin. If he's looking at a, a, you know, an eight year deal, he's probably looking at around 84 million bucks. You know, that's a lot of chump change, but here's the thing. The thought for these, some of these young players now are, they know they're going to get paid. They know they're going to get paid. So why would you want to lock yourself into a, an eight year deal? Take it, taking away from prime, prime years of their NHL career when you can when you can sign shorter term contracts. Austin Matthews is the one that set that bar. And now there's other now there's other players that are maybe out there saying, I don't want an eight year deal. I don't want to be tied in that long. Austin Matthews may have changed the game. Why did why did Kale McCarr sign a six year deal? Well, because his agent was smart. That was the Bartlett's, by the way. It was a brilliant deal. To get him $9 million at the time, 
And you know he's going to get paid because he is ultimately the best defenseman in the game. And quite frankly, for for someone like you, you feel that he is on the same page as Connor McDavid. And quite frankly, sometimes talk about, well, if we had the first overall pick to build uh, build your team, you, you I think I, a lot of times I would say that you Kale would take McCarr. Yeah. I, I am. In the entire league right now, if I can pick one player to start my team, I have a, I basically have a forward and a defenseman. Yeah. He's like a rover. He is unbelievable. He plays, he plays great defense, but he, he's as he's physical, more skilled than probably tech. 75% of the players. Yeah. One of the best skaters in the NHL. I take him, I take him 10 times out of 10, first overall in the league right now. So we'll see what happens with the Darlene deal. I don't want to get into numbers. I'm on the record as saying I've heard 10.5. I'm on the record as saying, I, I don't know if I attributed that 10.5 to an eight-year deal, but either way, I could see a five-year $10.5 million deal for Darlene. I don't think that's completely unreasonable. Yeah, I don't think that the Sabres want that. I think that could be a large reason why we're sitting waiting. I don't think they don't want they, what the five years or the ten point five. They do not want the five years. They well, do not want a five year deal. Darlene says that's what I want, and I see why the Sabres would stiff arm him into a eight year deal or try to. But I can also see Rasmus why he would ask for a five year, because if anything, that could just jack up the number on an eight year. I mean five year. Five years for a player like Rasmus Dahlin totally makes sense because he's going to play. He's going to play his five year. Let's just say it's a five year deal. He's going to play that. He's got one more year this year. Then he's going to sign a five year deal. He'll be what, 29, 30 years old when he goes to sign his next year and still be in his prime. If you're a conference finals team in the next five years, he's not going anywhere. But I think the fear is, is that maybe, obviously, because you don't know what's going to happen, you don't necessarily have a franchise goalie locked up. So you got a couple years to establish that. I mean, five years is going to go by quickly for Rasmus Dahlin. And the entire time he's going to be analyzing every move and everything that's going on in the franchise to decide if this is where he's going to finish his career. So yes. For him to sign an eight-year deal, if he wants out by year five, number one, he'll have to ask for a trade. He'll have a no-move clause, and he'll have a massive salary. Those are all three things that are going to hold against him going where he wants to go. But in five years, he can decide where he wants to go. That's right. So that's what makes the most sense. It's all about holding the cards. Rasmus Dahlin's going to get paid, whether it's with the Sabres or someone else in this league. Um, it's about having control and on an eight year deal, the team has control for eight years. They control and in that contract. And this is what I talked about months and months ago where the deal was not done. There's a lot of, um, it's about controlling, you know, no movement clauses and how many teams you have to, uh, submit and teams that, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot that goes into a deal like Rasmus Dahlins and I hope that they can get him done. And quite frankly, I hope that he signs an eight year deal because I would love to see him locked up for a very long time. I just worry. I worry that Rasmus Dahlin 
is looking at things where he wants control and doesn't need the length of the contract. Well, you, he, he doesn't ha- want the length. He doesn't, he doesn't deserve it. Well, it's not about deserving. He he's in a situation where he is one of the most elite players, defensemen in the league, and he wants control. You know, for he he wants to con- he wants to control the 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 years in which he is owned by a team. Someone asked me, "Who's on the hot seat if the Sabers don't make the playoffs?" Anyone? And I I quickly responded with. Don Granado. Oh, okay. Don Granado. That was my response. So Don Granado is going to be on the hot spot if the Sabres do not make the playoffs this year. For me, yeah. Okay. The person that I spoke to said, what about Kevin Adams? And I said, well... As long as Terry Pagula why why Don why Don Granato? Team doesn't make the playoffs. They're in the same position as last year. Let's say they they they, they come out and they three points defensively out. the way they did, and they just let Michael Pekka walk out the door for nothing. Well, not that you can get any assets for him, but you could have kept him somehow. You could have made it work. I would have made it work, regardless of what it would have required. I would have made it work. Still would love to know that answer, and I will. I'll never. I'll. I may never know that answer. I would love to know. Well, I think he wanted to be on the bench, and how? I think Chris Christie's Granado's got. From what I know, Don Granado doesn't want anybody on the bench that is that is going to have more clout than he does. You put Mike Pecker on the bench, anywhere on that bench, and when a forward comes off, who do you think they would rather speak to, Michael Pecker or Don Granado? If if one of them has the advice, if both if both Don Granado and Mike Pekka give a player a a a piece of advice, what who is the player more likely to to actually respect that advice coming from more? So let me help you. Easy answer, Mike Pekka. Yeah. Okay. I so, I understand all that, but I, he, I I think to myself, you know, and and I'm not talking, you know. Could you imagine the opening night? Maybe Don Granado just feels so comfortable with the coaching staff that he currently has now that it feels like they're um, like an oiled machine. They all work very well together. They all respect each other. They all know each other's roles in that coaching staff, and they, they feel that they have a good thing. And do you not feel that Mike Pekka, if you hire him, comes in with kind of like this like elephant in the room type atmosphere what's what's the elephant in the room his that resume he's, that he's yeah his resume like mike well, you Pekka. should you should want a guy like like i read something the other way uh, other day that successful people want to be surrounded by people that are smarter than they are not not you don't have to be the smartest guy in the room you don't what have makes to you be- think that mike pecka is smarter than don granado Uh, 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 u
No, 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 no. Go ahead and tell me why Mike Peck is smarter than Don Granato. Explain to me. Smarter, like on an SAT test or when it comes to hockey or like, what are we talking about? Like over common sense, overall intelligence. We're talking dealing with hockey players. Dealing with dealing hockey. with hockey players. Dealing with hockey players, I don't know, but knowing you don't know, knowing isn't that game, isn't that the job title is to deal with hockey players? What do you mean you don't know? We're not we're not making Mike Pekka the head coach here. I'm just saying, if you brought him in, his knowledge is a wealth uh, of an asset to someone like Don Granado, to someone like Chris Drury. Like he's coaching the New York Rangers, who are one of the teams that are favored in the East to be at the top. Okay, if Mike Pekka wasn't there, they'd still be favored team in the in, in the East. So what are you yes. talking about? Well, they they picked him from Rochester. They picked him from Rochester. Okay. So the New York Rangers took him as a assistant coach on the bench in Rochester and brought him to the bench in New York. But the Sabers can't take but that was a new that was a new coaching staff. Okay, that the, that a coach had take, to assemble. The Sabers can't take him and insert him somewhere in the organization. Now the rumor is on the street that Pex wanted to be in the bench. Okay, and that there was a, an opportunity offered to him to maybe be the eye in the sky with a headset on. And I'm just kind of like, that's not even an option for a guy like that. Like you take you take Pekka, you put him on the on the bench. You take Christie, you put him up top. Maybe Christie is is a calming influence on the bench with these players that uh, that are on this team. So why should he get bumped out? Maybe when... Don Granado isn't threatened by Christie. So what are we talking about? We're talking about threat. Are we talking about you know, you know, who's a better coach? Like what are we talking about here? If you have something that's not broken, why would you change it? Well, that's Mike Pekka. Mike Pekka, when I say the elephant in the room to you, you're bringing in in a massive personality. Massive. That might change the inner circle of of of, of an already very good coaching staff. And if they felt if Don Granato felt that, why would I want to Mike Pekka to that team disrupts chemistry? If anything, I think it adds. But this conversation isn't about why Mike Pekka isn't here. It's about who's on the chopping block. And you just mentioned Don Granato if they don't make the playoffs. I. It's not just Don. It's the entire coaching staff. Oh, okay. And you don't think Kevin has anything to do with that? He didn't change one forward this year. Not one forward. Brought back every single guy. Did not change a thing. He's also that's on Don. That's two, on two Don. Young goalies. And you have two young goaltenders. You have one who just played his first year, and now you have a rookie who thinks everybody thinks he's the second coming of friggin', uh, you know, Dominic Kasich. Top ten okay. goalie list. And didn't didn't go out, didn't go out and make a decision where if you're gonna bring in Devin Levi, you need a veteran goddamn goaltender to back him up. Is that on Don Granato too? And you also brought in a 35-year-old defenseman who's a 5'6", okay? 35-year-old guy in Johnson. 
who I think is going to be really good for this team, but don't expect him to be a top four defenseman. Okay. He's 35 years old. And you also have um, a Connor Clifton who, again, I will, I, I like this move. I like bringing him in, but he was a six defenseman on Boston literally his entire career. So don't go and tell me that we just found our fucking top four defenseman because we didn't. So what has Kevin Adams done to make this team better? Got Matt Savoy, Coolidge, um, all these super high-end, top-end forwards that are not all going to play for our team, and we are not looking at making our team better and packaging maybe some, but something that's going to make us better right now. ADD moment. I just saw the new Sabres embedded from the draft thing. Unbelievably well done. But when they drafted Benson, did you hear what Kevin Adams said? I took it so personally. I took it so personally. I was like, you damn right you are, Kevin. He said, you know, when we draft Benson, that we're going to be accused of liking small players. <laughs> I'm like, oh, uh, that was the first thing I think we talked about. I think I think our title of the show was Size Matters. Like, draft another fucking guy under 5'11", why don't you? Don Granato has done incredible things with this hockey team. And he has started from literally, I mean, the bottom of the barrel and had to build an entire culture uh, for players that want to be here. And he's done that. He's coached well. Now he needs to be put in a situation that he's not dealing with just young, young, young players all the time, but he needs to he needs to have some players in his lineup that he can rely on each and every night instead of relying on kids that are 20. If this team sucks defensively, Craig, that's not on Kevin. Adams. Kev- yeah, it is. Fuck, we watched, we watched, we watched games last year that young players making young mistakes. And that's okay. When you have young players making young mistakes, you hope they learn from those things and get better. But right now we had the youngest team in the league last year. And now we have the exact same team, almost the exact same team. Still going to be one of the youngest teams in the league. Didn't make a move on goaltender. Didn't make a uh, didn't make a move on the forward line. That's fucking mind boggling to me. And we brought in two defensemen that were basically five and sixes on their team the year before. I cannot believe that it's the exact same forward group. It's not on Don Granato. Don Granato is going to coach with what he has and make him the best that he can do with what he has. But this is a very talented hockey team with a very young group that's going to have an amazing future. And they still might not be a playoff team yet because I don't think they have ultimately the right makeup yet. That's just me personally. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.